0: Maybe we don't want to admit it, but we've all probably acted petty at some point in our lives. This week, we discuss a few times it went just a little too far. For nearly a hundred years,
1: the beloved comic strip and cartoon character Popeye has eaten spinach whenever he needed a quick boost of strength. But why spinach? And did this have any unintended consequences?
0: Say, uh, say thank you to me. Thank you. My pleasure, Does that sound familiar? It probably does if you've been to Chick-fil-A. This week we discuss the magic of customer service. All that on this edition of Commute. Let's get it. All right, Jay. You know, you'd think as we grow older and mature that we'd move on from certain attributes, right? I mean, like we both have little kids, They cry if you tell them that they can't actually turn into an airplane. Like, if you were still doing that now in your mid-30s, you and I would have a serious issue to deal with. (laughs) Well, one such attribute that we hope we all grow out of is pettiness. Like you'd hope human beings at some point would realize just how silly it is to act in a petty way, but we all still do it. Do you consider yourself a a, a petty person or do you ever have any interactions in your life that you think, oh, this is just petty?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, when you enter the workforce, I think you kind of realize that like a lot of people just are kind of in their being, kind of very petty. And one of the things that you'll notice is like, When you're in the workforce, you have to kind of disguise your pettiness, though, because you can't just be like super outright petty. So one of my favorite ways that someone is petty at work is when they send emails with certain type of phrases like, as per my last email, which is just a way of (laughs) saying like, you know, hey, I already told you this and you
0: didn't (laughs) notice it. And I'm pointing it out to you right now. You know, we should do a whole segment on workplace email etiquette. But I actually, so I, uh, when I was in high school, it's right when Family Guy came out, which I think it's still going. Like, I think they still make new episodes of Family Guy. I bought a couple of the seasons of Family Guy on DVD for my then-girlfriend, and I borrowed it because I was going to have a sleepover with some friends. We broke up while I still had possession of the Family Guy DVDs that I had purchased for her. Like a week later, she texted me and said, "Hey, could you drop off those Family Guy DVDs?" And I just wrote back and said, "I'll be keeping them."
1: That was very bold of her to uh, to ask. It for really that. was. So even
0: though it was a little petty on on you know my behalf, I still think that I did the right thing. I'm, I'm Team Dave on this one, <laughs> which is rare. You're typically yeah, that's against true. me. Yeah. Well, Jay, an easy definition of pettiness is that a petty person gets caught up in the small details. Like if someone steps on your foot accidentally, you decide to enact revenge upon them and take a baseball bat to their car. That would be an extreme act of pettiness. And pettiness has been on my mind, Jay, ever since I read something that was really nuts a few weeks ago that I'm going to share with you now. So this comes courtesy of the Buffalo News. You're going to love this. Recently, a couple, Edward and Cheryl Patton of Lakeview, New York, had been really perplexed by a mysterious litter bug that was throwing trash into their Lakeview yard every single evening. But Jay, this litter bug wasn't just throwing random trash in their yard. No, no, no. This perpetrator was throwing used McDonald's McCafe coffee cups in their yard every single night. (laughs) <laughs> the perp would never leave their car and launch cups into the couple's yard and drive off. The patents claim that at one point the cup count was well over 300. Finally, one day a neighbor caught the license plate of the vandal and turned it over to police on the patents behalf. Police then charged Larry Pope, a former co-worker of Cheryl Patton, with harassment and charged him about $3,000 in damages that he had to pay to the patents. Why was he doing it, you ask? Because when he used to work with Cheryl, they had a fundamental disagree about whether or not unions were a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> totally normal, stable human behavior. Totally normal. I'm sure Larry's a
1: great guy outside of those cups. He was committed, though. I mean, he probably did that for at least a year. 300 I mean,
0: cups. The, year, the, the well of the hatred just We're never looking at maybe dry. one to two per night. That's a lot of nights, man. (laughs) But Jay, sometimes being petty doesn't just involve trashing your neighbor's yard with McDonald's cups. Sometimes it changes the course of history, believe it or not. So let's quickly look at a few instances this week of when pettiness went, well, a little too far. We start back in 1868. Two paleontologists, Othennial Marsh and Edward Cope, were the perfect pair. Together, they discovered over 130 dinosaur species, including the discovery of the Triceratops and the Stegosaurus. But Jay things quickly went downhill for the pair when it was discovered that Marsh had made a secret deal with some landowners that said that any fossils that would be found on that land would belong solely to him, effectively cutting his partner out behind his back. For the next 30 years... The two men spread constant lies about each other as a result of this and raced to find more fossils than the other by whatever means necessary. Both men would financially ruin themselves trying to best the other and produced many dinosaur fossils full of errors as their lives continued, placing the rivalry above their work. They went from finding two of the most famous dinosaurs ever to becoming complete laughingstocks in the industry. From there, let's go to 1920s Germany. Two brothers, Rudolf and Adolf Dassler, had founded their own shoe company, a company named Dassler Brothers Shoe Factory. The brothers were typical brothers having their occasional fights, but overall things were fine until they weren't. One night during World War II, Rudolf and his family were hiding in a bomb shelter during an Allied bombing raid when Adolf decided to join them. As the legend goes, Adolf insulted his brother's family accidentally, saying, well, here are the bloody bastards again, referring to the bombers. But his brother refused to think that the insult wasn't directed at him. That moment ruined the brotherhood bond and ended the family business. The brothers decided to open up competing shoe companies, one called Eighty, the other called Ruta and spent the rest of their lives trying to ruin each other. Today, Jay, we know these companies as Adidas and Puma. (laughs) Finally, we look at 2014. That year saw the creation of the color Vantablack, the darkest color in the entire world, said to absorb 99.9% of all light. While this color was created for military use, British artist Amnish Kapoor, one of the wealthiest artists in the world, decided he wanted to purchase rights to the color. I didn't even know it was a thing, that you can buy a color, because if you have enough money, you can do whatever you want. But this purchase, Jay, meant that Kapoor was the only person in the world that was allowed to use the color. When news spread, other artists were extremely mad, especially artist Stuart Simple, who had been using a similar black for years and now had to stop. As a response, Simple developed the world's pinkest pink, and made it available for purchase to anyone other than Kapoor. Saying on the listing, and I am quoting directly from the listing, by adding this product to your cart, you confirm that you are not a Nish Kapoor. You are in no way affiliated to a Nish Kapoor, and you are not purchasing this item on behalf of a Nish Kapoor or an associate of Anish Kapoor. So Kapoor, doing what any reasonable person would do, hired someone to buy it for him. The feud continued for years with the two developing multiple new shades of colors only for the sole reason of not selling them to each other. You know, one of the things we always do in my history class is when we get to
1: the Middle Ages, I always have the students read these like uh, agreements between lords and vassals and promising land to each other and all these types of things. And uh, by the end of reading those contracts, the students are always like, man, these people are so petty. And I, my lesson to them is always, you know, guys. Like everybody has kind of always been petty, especially these people who owned all this land and all this power. It's just it's human nature. That was it's in their us. Family
0: Guy DVD. We all have
1: it. <laughs> So Dave, can you ever think of a time in your life where maybe somebody told you something and you didn't really bother to like look deeper and see if they were telling the truth? You just sort of accepted what they were telling you as fact and you just kind of rolled with it for maybe too long?
0: Yeah, what's interesting about this is you don't realize until you're older that your parents did this to you all the time. And one specific thing that I have just recently started to get over is my mom always told me, because I always wanted to, for some weird reason, always asked if we could buy new fingernail clippers. I'm really not (laughs) sure why. I just didn't like the ones that we had. And my mom would always tell me, oh, no, 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 ones you buy from the store are cheap. You got to order them from the Avon magazine only. And so for like my entire life, I thought, huh, It's really hard to get fingernail clippers. I don't even know anybody who sells Avon.
1: (laughs) It's the stuff that people tell you in childhood (laughs) that you just can't shake. You'll be thinking about it forever. I've had multiple conversations with people who, when they get older, they're still stuck with the idea that the crust is the healthiest part of the bread, because their parents would tell them as a kid, because they (laughs) didn't want to cut the crust off, because it's annoying to cut the crust off, they would just tell the kids, like, well, no, you have to eat the crust, because it's the healthiest part of the bread, but now they're, like, 28, and they're eating sandwiches, and they're, like, oh, the crust is the healthiest part of the bread. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's not. I'm 28. I I know what's going Mm -hmm. on now, but it took them that long (laughs) to
0: figure it out. Lies, deceit. Well, Dave, it's all
1: going to connect, but first, we're going to. Of jump in and talk about Popeye, and you're familiar with Popeye, right? The comic strip character slash cartoon character. It's a little out, a little dated for us. I mean, we didn't really probably watch it. Uh, it was kind of like something maybe our parents or our grandparents watched growing up. But... Played
0: by uh, played by Robin Williams in the. uh In the Popeye movie. Well, Dave, for our listeners who are unfamiliar,
1: Popeye was a comic series that focused on the exploits and the adventures of a sailor named Popeye. And David actually debuted in 1929, and then it evolved throughout the rest of the 20th century. In 2002, TV Guide actually named Popeye number 20 on its list of the 50 greatest cartoon characters of all time. Now, one of the most memorable aspects of the comic was that when Popeye needed a boost of strength, he would eat a can of spinach, and it sort of gave him like this temporary superpower. So why spinach? And to answer this question, Dave, we need to actually go back to the year 1870. A German chemist named Erich von Wolff was working on a project at the time to determine the level of iron that was in different types of vegetables. Now, when Von Wolf went to record his findings, though, he made a critical math error that we've all probably done at some point in our life. He actually placed his decimal point in the wrong place. The note that was supposed to read that a serving of spinach contains 3.5 milligrams of iron instead read that a serving of spinach contained 35 milligrams of iron. Now, due to this error that went unnoticed, the public soon accepted as fact that spinach actually contained 10 times the amount of iron that it really did. Spinach took on a reputation as some sort of superfood, one that contained this insanely concentrated amount of iron. And Dave, for more than 60 years, no one bothered to double-check Von Wolf's math and accepted this number at face value. Families bought spinach and forced it into their diets for the instant iron boost, but it wasn't until 1937 that the error was discovered and corrected, but by then, the reputation of the leafy vegetable had grown too much. The public largely didn't change their perceptions of spinach, still holding fast to the belief that spinach contained 10 times the iron it really did. One of the core reasons for the perseverance of this myth is, well, Popeye. Those that drew the comic were aware of the supposed super properties of spinach, which influenced the decision to include the vegetable in the comic strip in the first place as the source of Popeye's superhuman strength. Popeye was one of the most popular comic strips in America at the time. Kids adored him, and it gave parents a convenient way to get their kids to eat more vegetables. Parents could sell spinach to their kids in ways like, it'll make you strong like Popeye. Popeye is actually responsible, Dave, for increasing the consumption of spinach in America by more than a third. In the spinach-growing farming town of Crystal City, Texas, the city actually erected a statue of Popeye because of what the character has done for the spinach industry. But Dave, in a larger sense, I think this story just says a lot about our willingness as a society to accept information at face value rather than investigate it further. We hear a claim such as spinach has 35 milligrams of iron in a serving, and instead of fact-checking it, we let the myth prevail for over 60 years. No one at any point said, you know, that really sounds like a lot. Maybe we should delve a little deeper into this. This is not to say spinach isn't good for you. It is but its legendary status that persisted for decades just highlights how important it is to fact-check and to not necessarily accept
0: everything you hear as fact. So Jay, if I'm not mistaken, your first job was at Burger King, am I correct? It was at Burger King. I worked at Burger King
1: for a couple years in high school and then a couple summers back from college. What kind
0: of customer service training, or lack thereof, did you receive at the home of the Whopper?
1: Uh, There wasn't much. They sort of just kind of like would try you at the cash register, and if you were just kind of like prickly as a person, then they would just move you to the back to cook.
0: (laughs) So the only required skill to cook was that you had to be not nice. Uh,
1: yeah, it sometimes ended up that way. I don't want to set the precedent yeah, that sense. like all the people in the back are, are jerks. It's not like that. It's just <laughs> they, they would just, uh, you know, they'd find where your talents could be better utilized.
0: Well, Jay, one fast food chain, and, uh, not Burger King, sorry, has become as well-known for its customer service as it has for its food. Jay, I am, of course, talking about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is so popular that aside from McDonald's, which has a massive global footprint of stores, Chick-fil-A stands as one of the most successful fast food chains in the entire world. All of this, despite having way less stores than any of its competitors, and oh yeah, it's only open six days per week. Many people say that this success is because of the chain's commitment to customer service. They basically value customer service above all else. In fact, the filet has become famous for its employees' reaction when you tell them that you appreciate them. You say, thank you, and they say, my pleasure, instead of, you're welcome. And true story, some of them are so dedicated that they'll say it over and over and over like a robot. I actually kind of tried it, uh, a couple just won't shock you at all, in (laughs) high school, saying thank you as many times as possible when ordering uh, Chick-fil-A, and they did say my pleasure. Over and over. And over are you over an over.
1: overthinker? Because I'm an overthinker. So what I mean by that is, like, when you're sitting at a restaurant, the waiter comes up and they go, "Hello, how are you all?" You go, "Oh, I'm doing great." And then they say, "Okay, here's the menu." And I go, "Thank you." And then they set down the water and I go, "Thank you." And then they give me the straw and I go, "Thank you." And I could just tell at some point, like, I gotta stop saying thank you. Like at some point, it's weird.
0: But but to be fair, you're also the kind of person that if you're talking to somebody, let's say you're getting ready to walk into a movie and they're getting ready to go home, and they'll say. We'll enjoy the movie, and you'll go, you enjoy it, too, as you walk in. That's true.
1: I've done that quite a few times.
0: Well, Jay, but why? Why do Chick-fil-A people say, my pleasure? Well, I'll tell you. It, of course, originated with the founder of Chick-fil-A, Truett S. Kathy. Kathy founded the fast food giant back in 1967, and Jay, one time while staying in an upscale hotel... Kathy thanked one of the staff members for their great service and received a very exuberant my pleasure in return. Feeling that my pleasure was the more personal form of your welcome, that interaction prompted Kathy to implement that as the standard response in his Chick-fil-A stores. You'd expect it from a five-star hotel, Kathy said, according to company history dug out by Mental Floss. But to have teenagers in a fast food atmosphere saying it's their pleasure to serve you That's a real head-turner. Some Chick-fil-A's don't require it, but most do, as referenced in the official Chick-fil-A handbook called Second Mile Service, meaning we go above and beyond customer expectations. Urban legends have been born around the phrase, leading to a Snopes investigation, believe it or not, as to whether or not customers (laughs) could score free food by repeating the my-pleasure phrase back to the employees, which Snopes found to be a hard no. But Jay, by doing things like the My Pleasure shtick, Chick-fil-A is simply using market-driven data to its advantage. Customer service is the most important thing that you can do. In fact, research shows us it's often more important than the quality of the actual product. According to the research team at HubSpot, customers are willing to spend more money with a company that they feel has good customer service. In fact, often up to 300% more. 96% of customers reported that customer service is the number one reason that they develop loyalty to a brand or to a store. And 72% have actively recommended a company based on a positive customer service experience. So, Jay, the question is, how can you and I take this knowledge and work it into our everyday lives? I guess we can't. Oh, you want me to answer it?
1: I I thought you were just, uh, you know, taking
0: a little break there for a second. (laughs) And that's it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review Commute on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast network. We're on social. Check us out. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always say what up at our website, commutethepodcast.com. Music for Commute is provided by my main man, Jason Sammons. For Jay Sis and I'm Dave Traub. We'll see you next week. Do you know the theme song? Of Popeye? Yeah.
1: I have no idea what the... Sa- I would imagine I'm- there's like a lot of whistling. Wasn't
0: he like big on whistling or something? He may have been, but I I don't know why I remember this, but I just do. It goes, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man, I'm strong to the finish because I eat my spinach, I'm Popeye the Sailor (laughs) Man. Yeah, you knew a lot more than I expected.
1: I expected that you would just hum the tune of it, but you pulled all the lyrics out too.